Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Heater. And recently in the Facebook group, I made a post asking if you could ask me anything and have me address it on a podcast, what would you ask me? And this episode is one of those questions. Okay, this week's question is once again from Daniela in the Facebook group. And this time, Daniela wants to know how to deal with overbearing parents. (laughs) Well, Daniela, (laughs) that's a hard one. Um, And I don't know. I don't know that I ever mastered this or anything. Uh, Generally speaking, I'll lead with the parents of my troop were wonderful. Um, I really, really had good relationships with everyone. I had great relationships with some. Um, But yeah, I mean, I got along with all of the parents in my troop, which I think is like a fundamental thing that as a level of privilege that I know not all of you are dealing with. Um, Also, I had respect from all of the parents in my troop. So at the very least, we had a good relationship. And some of the parents I had a great relationship with. Um, So that does not mean that they were never overbearing. And I can think specifically of one parent who sometimes could be a little overbearing. And I think a lot of this for me had to deal with how I perceived things, not necessarily how this parent meant them. Um, I, I think that, first of all, this parent's communication style was aggressive And therefore, when they would inquire about things, sometimes it would make me feel like they were undermining me or they had a problem with how I was doing things and I would go into defensive mode. And um, one time that I remember was this parent asked me about troop funds and I definitely believe that how the troop funds are spent should be totally transparent with the parents, but I had never been questioned on it before, so I didn't necessarily have just on hand anything really transparent to show. Like, I could print out bank statements, but like, um, you know, something organized that could really demonstrate this is how money is earned and this is how money is spent. I didn't have anything laid out to show when I got questioned. So it was like, do you have a specific concern? Because I can address that. But like, if it's just in general, I'm going to need time to prep something. <laughs> and uh, and so I sort of just explained this is generally how it works. And no one's ever like expressed a problem with that before. But I want to be transparent and I want to have um, open communication about troop funds. So if, you know, if there's more to it, then definitely, like, let me know. Let's talk about it. And she was fine with that answer, actually. Her response was like, okay, great. Like, thanks. That clears it up. So <laughs> I I think I took it as a level of judgment that really wasn't necessarily necessarily there. Either that or I did a good job explaining it. Um, The same parent, (laughs) 
I struggled with on a camping trip because some of the girls, including her daughter, during cleanup when we were all doing the task list, task list to pack out to clean up the cabin we were staying in, they ran off to play and did not tell an adult where they were going. <laughs> and I was really mad because it's a safety issue primarily um, to not know where those girls were. And my girls did not usually act that way. So I believe that it was a small group that was spearheaded by this girl whose mom was there, um, who she would not normally have taken that kind of uh, liberty um, if her mom was not present. And my other reason for being angry is that the rest of the troop was like mopping floors and wiping down bunk beds and cleaning bathrooms while these girls ran off to play. And that's not very sisterly. It's very disrespectful to me and the other girls in the troop. And so I was mad. And um, I can't remember now the exact phrasing that I used, but I probably talked about it in a previous episode because it was a pretty defining moment for me in Girl Scouts. Um, but I said something about being disappointed in them or that I, I couldn't believe what, what decision they had made um, and that uh, this, they're better than that, you know. Well, this parent was not thrilled with my reaction and uh, so we had to have some words about it. And um, basically at that point, I defended myself and my perspective. I apologized that it offended her. I explained where I was coming from on both counts, which I had also explained to the girls. The girls actually apologized to me and were totally fine. Like they took it totally fine. And um, we never had that issue again. <laughs> um, but this mom just, that's not how she parents. She doesn't really lead with anger. I don't, it, she, her kid is an only child. And I think there's uh, not a lot of not a lot of trouble or yelling or no. Um, and so that became evident as she got older in other respects. Um, but that was something that that parent just really struggled with. And I sort of had to defend where I was coming from. I didn't do anything. I honestly didn't do anything wrong, um, but she just didn't like it. <laughs> so uh, I defended where I was coming from, explained where I was coming from. I had explained that to the girls as well. And I just basically had to accept that if she did not like my leadership style in that moment, then that's her choice. And she does not have to keep her kid in my troop. But but here's the reason why I reacted the way that I did. And um and especially when a parent's watching, I don't want to not know where the kids are. Like, I don't want to not know where the kids are at any point. <laughs> but I definitely don't want that to happen while a parent's watching. So I reacted with a strong hand. And, um, you know, we talked through it and she wasn't thrilled, but it is what it is. Uh, when we were virtual... There were other other things too, but those two stand out and this third one, all the same parent. When we were virtual, we had an online meeting. We were on Zoom and the girls were talking on Zoom at the beginning of the meeting. They were, I think, 
all middle schoolers on that call. I think by elementary schoolers. In the beginning, they did Zoom meetings, but as it went on and on, they stopped showing up for Zoom meetings because there's just too much Zoom, which is fine. Um, but my older girls continued doing virtual meetings the whole the whole year, 2020 to 2021. And so um, I believe at that time it was all middle schoolers and they were chit-chatting about other kids at school. They were chit-chatting about middle school things. And one of the girls had had an altercation with a girl who was not in Girl Scouts, so I don't know her. And um, she, they were just talking about it. And I went to fill up my water bottle. So I was not sitting in front of the computer, but I had headphones on so I could hear what was happening in the conversation, but I wasn't next to my microphone. So I couldn't answer, Um, but I just walked away to fill up my water bottle. It's not like I went far. Um, And when I sat back down or while I was, while I was listening, but could not respond, um, the girl, same kid, um, who had had an altercation with a girl at school and they were talking about it. She kind of got carried away with the fact that these other girls on the call were hyping her up, that she, uh, had this altercation with this other person, but the other person was in the wrong. She kind of got worked up about it. You know, like we all can adrenaline's pumping and something emotional happened and, uh, you're getting, you know, that group adrenaline boost and, um, And she said some things about the girl who she had the altercation with that were really not nice. Um, Something about her race and something about her weight combined. And it was not a nice little phrase. It wasn't crazy, but it was just just not Girl Scouty. And so when I sat back down at my microphone, I was like, okay, you guys, I, you know, obviously I heard. And here's the thing. I'm not going to deal with anything racism wise or weight shaming in this group. Like that, those are really inappropriate ways to talk about another person. And so, um, So I just want to nip that in the bud right now. Like, we are not going to talk like that at Girl Scouts. And um, as Girl Scouts who are keeping the promise and living the law, you really shouldn't talk like that ever. But you're definitely not on my watch. Like, you're not talking like that at Girl Scouts. That's not Girl Scout conversation. We're not talking like that. And that's it. I, I believe that's all that was said is like, okay, I heard the comment. That's enough. Not at Girl Scouts. We don't talk like that. This is what that is. This is a racism problem and this is a weight shaming problem. And neither one of those is an acceptable way to talk about another person, especially at Girl Scouts. Not going to deal with it. Moving on. We proceeded to have the meeting. Well, that girl got really, really quiet after I came in and brought the correction in. I believe I also said, I hate to hear that you had this altercation and that you were treated this way. That's terrible and you didn't deserve that. And I think you're awesome. Also, I heard this comment, not at Girl Scouts. We're not talking like that, right? I believe I I addressed both. Um, But I believe that's all I said about it. And the other girls just really apologized like, oh, we're sorry. And even though they weren't the ones who said it, it's fine. Um, I didn't call out somebody specifically. I just said, in general, we're not doing that. And then um, I, we went on with the meeting and we had a good time. 
But all of a sudden, that girl who had had the altercation and made the comment just dropped off the meeting. And next thing I know, I get a message from the parent, like a novel length message from the parent about how her kid signed off the meeting crying. She never leaves Girl Scouts crying. She leaves Girl Scouts happy. And the fact that she left mid-meeting crying, like, this is a really big problem. What happened on this meeting? Because she's not talking. Like, what happened? And I'm on the meeting, so I did not answer. (laughs) But I saw the message while I was still on the meeting. And you guys can imagine how I felt getting that message from that parent while I'm still trying to interact and engage with these other middle school girls on Zoom. And the whole time, I know I have to write back to this parent and I know that this situation has escalated and it really had no business escalating. And because this parent has been overbearing in the past, (laughs) I, and again, I know there were other examples of instances that happened with this parent. This is just, these are the big three that really stand out in my memory. Um, So I got off the call, messaged her back, explained what happened. I was like, this is all I said. I'm really, really sorry to hear that she's so upset. And I'm happy to speak with her directly if she's open to talking to me. Like, I'd, I'd love to chat with her right now or we can chat all three of us like openly um, because I don't want her to ever leave Girl Scouts crying. I don't want anyone to leave Girl Scouts crying. That's terrible. That's not what Girl Scouts is for. Um, and that's not why I do what I do, which is what I said to the mom. This is not why I do what I do. I'm not trying to hurt a girl's feelings. I don't want a girl to feel bad. I, that's I want this to be a safe space for girls, not the opposite, right? Like this should not be causing an unsafe space for girls. It should be welcoming and inclusive and joyful and safe. And if your girl had any experience other than that, like I want to m- make it better. Like I want to talk through it with her. Also, this is the comment she made. And... The mom basically said, like, well, that's not the story she's telling me. I guess at that point, because it had been a while, like a good hour since she had sent me that initial message, I guess the girl did tell her her version of the story. Of course, she left out her own wrongdoing. Um, And I basically said, you know, I heard it. I heard it in my headphones. And she was like, why was this conversation even going on at Girl Scouts in the first place? And I said, I was filling up my water bottle. And they were middle school girls talking about middle school. So, um, you know, I <laughs> I had to step away to fill up my water bottle. That's it. Still had my headphones on so I knew what was going on, but I was just away from my mic. And she was like, okay. And I basically uh, had gone on. I think that's when I went on to say, you know, this isn't why I do what I do. I'd love to to talk things through with her. I'd love to... If she's open to hearing from me, like, I'd love to make it right or all three of us can talk, you know, openly. I, um, it's really important to me that we're okay. Like, I want a good relationship. We've all, we've known each other for years at this point. I mean, I've known this kid since she was a tiny little thing. And I, I want to make things right between us. I, our relationship is important. And this isn't why I do what I do. I don't put all of these hours in volunteering for other people's kids to make kids feel bad. I don't, that's not why I do what I do, right? And um, she basically responded to my surprise saying that she appreciates everything that I do. Thank you so very much. And uh, and they're going to be a part of our troop as long as our troop existed, which is funny because then actually she was one of the first ones to quit uh, when we went back in person, but it's fine. 
So um, all of this to say, my experience with overbearing parents is somewhat limited because when I've responded, I've always gotten a response that either makes me think, oh no, it was in my head, like I thought they were saying something they weren't, or they actually were appeased by my response. (laughs) And I know that's not always the case. I know we have some parents out there that are a little nuts. So I'm going to say, stand your ground, communicate clearly, be open-minded, open-hearted, keep the purpose of what you're doing at the forefront at all times, remind the parent that you are a volunteer, remind the parent that you're doing the best you can, and here's the rationale behind what you're doing. Um, And if it's still a problem, go to counsel because counsel should have a conflict resolution person on staff to help. That is a third party neutral person. Um, I was the conflict resolution person at my counsel for a long, a while, um, years ago. And so most counsel should have something like that on staff, a mediator or a conflict resolution person or a, um, a person who's dedicated to supporting volunteers in that way. And so There should be somebody that you can talk to uh, for extra support or help. Um, But generally speaking, I would say like, yeah, communicate openly, be transparent about your decision making. Um, Try to just always lead with like love and your purpose for why you're doing what you do, why you're involved with Girl Scouts. And if all the decisions you make start from there and you can defend them all from that perspective, most of the time you're going to be able to diffuse most situations. Um, If you have a parent that's particularly, (laughs) uh, I mean, you did such a good job saying overbearing, but that's particularly difficult or challenging um, or aggressive or violent or something like that, then you need to pull in extra support. So go to counsel, Um, go to your service unit, go to counsel, whatever you've got to do. Um, if there's a specific situation that you want help diffusing, send me a message. You can message me privately on Facebook or you can email me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I don't know if you heard that, but <laughs> my stepdaughter and her husband just got here and so we're going to have dinner. So I'm going to wrap this up, but... I just basically want to say it is perfectly acceptable for you to get help, to ask for help. There are resources and support out there that should be. And if you don't know where to start or if there's a specific situation that you want help diffusing or addressing, I'd be happy to chat through it with you. Send me a private message on Facebook or email me girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com and um, we can talk through it. But generally, I hope that this is helpful. I mean, I feel like I don't know how much meat there actually was to me sharing my stories, but just in general, I guess I kind of want you to know, um, you know, some examples of situations I've been up against, especially if you are newer and you haven't necessarily experienced overbearing parents yet. Um, but yeah, so I realized that I don't have any like crazy stories about parents. I think the next closest thing I have was a custody issue where I did have a parent who should have no access to their kids information, um, who got my contact information somehow from 
an old Girl Scout login and their kids info was connected to it. And so they could see that I was the troop leader and she wanted to know the date and time and location of our meetings. And she wanted more information and access to her kid. That was a little intense. She definitely was not pleased that I would reveal nothing. Um, And so, I mean, I honestly was unresponsive most of the time, um, but she did call me at one point and I clearly did not know it was going to be her. And uh, yeah, that's the downside of your contact information being part of like uh, the Girl Scout portal, basically. Um, But this person, she did have a login because she used to be associated with her kid's account, um, but she needed to be removed. Council hadn't necessarily gotten the memo. That was intense, um, but that's not really like an overbearing parent. Uh, one other thing that I would say too is we really set up our troop to be drop-off and we set that up from the get-go. So we established from recruitment that this is a drop-off thing you bring your kids you drop them off you do not stay for the meeting and then you pick them up at x time like uh when we need parents help to chaperone or to stay for a meeting we will let you know and give you the option but this is a drop-off event um and so that helped a lot with getting distance from the parents right from the get-go and uh preventing them from being too overbearing but it also meant it was sometimes a lot harder to get parent help when we needed parent help because we had established this troop culture from the beginning saying that it was (laughs) drop-off that parents didn't need to be involved so um you know there's trade-offs but that definitely helped us not have overbearing parents as much because you know we set the tone that they were not going to be involved. Um, But that did make cookie booths a lot more challenging. Um, And and it was always okay, but but that was the biggest thing that we, like, needed more help with. And just getting parents to help got challenging. Um, And I had some parents who, you know, as I think more about it and I'm thinking about each individual girl and their families, I had parents that I think would have been really overbearing if they were given the opportunity to be overbearing. But by establishing from the get-go that this was going to be hands-off, we had minimal involvement in the drama. So (laughs) that was really, really helpful. But okay. Anyway, um, hopefully this gave you some kind of insider help. If you have already started your troop not as a hands-off thing, and now you're like, well, that's great. So if I had started it as hands-off, it'd be better. Um, I don't think it's too late to make it a drop-off thing, right? Uh, Especially if you could do it at the start of a new school year or the start of a new calendar year or, you know, even the start of a new month. Like, you can still change it. And if parents decide that's not what I want, that's not right for me, I want a troop where I stay and sit through the whole meeting or whatever, then maybe you advise them to start their own troop. <laughs> and and uh, then that kind of gets rid of them. And actually, advising them to start their own troop is another really good uh way to talk to overbearing parents when I used to work in conflict resolution for counsel that was something I used to say to overbearing parents who would call me as the mediator I would tell them 
um, you know, you can start your own troop. <laughs> like what they're doing is not actually wrong or bad. And you are not not justified in your opinion or your perspective. You could make a different decision if you ran your own troop. Just start another troop. And that can get a little sticky as far as like it divides the initial troop. Girls take sides, blah, blah. But you know what? Then it's done then it's over whatever let them go to another troop recruit other girls it's fine um so yeah so that's another option um but yeah anyway those are my big key indicators would be the open communication transparently communicating leading with love and purpose of why you do what you do when you communicate about things first of all when you make decisions but then that's how you can justify your decisions if that's still not enough to diffuse a situation get extra help from counsel or your service unit and um in a worst case scenario tell them to start their own troop you cannot kick a girl out <laughs> but counsel can so, um, and you definitely can't kick a girl out for her family, but counsel can. So, uh, get counsel involved if you need to, but definitely you can't do that. Well, I just want to be clear about that. You cannot do that. It cannot take out the sins of the mother on the child. Um, but you, um, you definitely can get extra help. And some people have trouble <clears throat> with getting counsel involved. Uh, and this can happen no matter where you live. Somebody in your same council can have a great experience with council staff and somebody else in your, you know, you might have a terrible experience with council staff. It just like, or did I say the same thing twice? One of you can have a great experience and somebody else can have a terrible experience. And it is um, just sort of the way it happens. I think like the sheer number of people involved and just people slip through the cracks and it just kind of happens sometimes. And so if you're having trouble getting help from your counsel, reach out to your service unit because your service unit may have a direct contact that's going to be able to support you or somebody in your service unit might be able to directly support you. Just having a third party involved is going to help a lot with diffusing a situation if there's conflict and that's not necessarily overbearing right like overbearing isn't necessarily a conflict it can just be like a little suffocating a little involved <laughs> they're just a little nosy <laughs> and um some other tips there would be to set boundaries for yourself so like Turn your phone on do not disturb at night after a certain time and you can set certain contacts who can get through your do not disturb so you can put your family as able to get a hold of you anytime but you can set it on do not disturb for everybody else so you're not going to get alerts for text messages or phone calls if you have a parent who can't respect those boundaries. You can do that at, on nights and even weekends, right? Um you can also set the precedent that you'll respond within 24 hours. And then that gives you a whole day to reply to things. But like, go ahead and set the precedent. I will respond in 24 hours, right? Like, I'm not guaranteeing a quick response. I'm guaranteeing a one-day response. And go ahead and tell people and let them know. You can even set an automatic responder if you have a Girl Scout-specific email address that you're using, like that you set up specifically for managing troop stuff. And if you didn't do that, <laughs> you should. Like, <laughs> keep your Girl Scout stuff separate. But um, if you have, like, a specific email address for that you use for managing your troop, then that's where your troop parents are contacting you if they're contacting you via email. 
go ahead and put an automatic responder on, like one of those vacation responders, but permanently, and have an automatic response that says, like, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. (laughs) There's not really a such thing as a Girl Scout emergency where they're going to contact you via email. So honestly, it's fine. Um, There's not really an such thing as an emergency where a parent is going to need to contact you ever unless you're on a trip and, like, something is going on in their family like there's been a a death or an accident or something like that but otherwise (laughs) there's not really any other emergency where they need to get a hold of you right so you know um you may have emergencies where you need to get a hold of them but it's never going to happen in reverse uh unless you're on a trip and something happens in their family right that's the only thing i can think of so With that being said, setting your own boundaries for giving yourself a day grace period to reply, turning your phone on do not disturb and not taking calls or texts from Girl Scout people after a certain time or on weekends or whatever, that's going to help a lot. (laughs) And, uh, And just setting some boundaries there where they are not to stay for troop meetings. Parents aren't staying, period. Um, You know. Unless you, they want to be a co-leader. And if they want to be a co-leader, they can start their own troop. <laughs> Go be co-leaders with someone else. And then you can run the troop however you want. So, um, yeah, I can't really think of other suggestions just off the top of my head. But those are the big ones that kind of come to mind. So I ended up having like actually a little bit more to say once I really thought about it. So um, that's my thoughts on managing overbearing parents. And I hope this was helpful. And if there's specific instances or um, further elaboration that you want to get into, what about when parents do this? What about when parents do that? I would love to address them. So you can either email me, girlscoutpodcast.gmail.com. You can send me a private message on Facebook or you can comment it in the Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast is the page. And then there's like a join group button on that page, but it's just the easiest URL to give out. Um, Facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast and join the Facebook group. And I have a collection of questions going in there from you guys that I am working on addressing on these episodes. So I will keep on working through them. If I haven't gotten to yours yet, I do plan to. So I will um, just keep on working my way through these. I love this. I hope you guys do too. It's definitely different than my normal episode style where I don't normally just go off the cuff. I normally have bullet points and speaking notes and um, I'll do sometimes like quite a lot of research for an episode. So I do have a couple of interviews that I am interested in doing that I've been kind of entertaining and and working on but um I'd love to do more just standard troop leader interviews if you are interested in doing an interview you guys it's gonna be so fun truly we get on zoom we're on the phone for like 45 to 60 minutes and we just talk about Girl Scouts. I'll send you the questions ahead of time so you can prepare and know what you want to share and say. And it's just talking about what's been hard, what's been great, what you your best memories of, some moments you're super proud of. And every single person that I've done one of those troop leader interviews with has said it was fun. <laughs> so um, I promise it's fun. You can just geek out about Girl Scouts with somebody else who just wants to geek out about Girl Scouts with you. 
If that's something you're interested in or you're willing to do, send me an email, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also introduce me to somebody who would make a great interview. So if you're co-leader or another leader in your area or your service team manager or any of those things, send me an email and them and just introduce us and I'll go ahead and send you a link to schedule on the calendar. But um, but yeah, I've also been thinking of doing some more interviews like I did a few um, with some people outside of the like direct Girl Scout community talking about, um, I don't know, self-esteem and bullying and, uh, you know, I want to talk about diversity and mental health and um, physical health and, uh <clears throat> you know, all kinds of, all kinds of outdoors stuff. And, um, so if, if those, if there's any topics or subject matter experts or anything that you want to hear from that you specifically would be interested in, let me know and I will line some stuff up. So we'll do some more interviews here in a bit, but I'm really enjoying the series. It's been really fun to me. It's been really low key. I've been able to, um, keep up with this a lot better because, uh, finding people to interview and then getting it scheduled, that takes quite some time. Then I have to do edits. Uh, and then also the, um, the solo episodes normally are very research heavy. And so Jamil was helping me for a while and, um, and we love Jamil. She's still in the Facebook group. So, um, you can definitely reach out to her, but, uh, she was helping me with a lot of the prep for those episodes because, um, it just takes a lot of extra elbow grease there. You guys, it's like a whole other commitment. So, um, So I took my own advice from a previous episode about hiring help and I hired help for a little while. So, um, but yeah, anyways, I, um, I like this style of just kind of talking conversationally. I hope you do too. And I hope it's been helpful and I'll see you next week.